Who are the top five Giants players on offense? My list just might surprise you as I count that down next on the Locked on Giants podcast. You are Locked on Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Giants podcast, part of the Locked On podcast family, your team every day. My name is Patricia Trena. Happy Monday to everybody, and more importantly, happy OTAs. Yes, the Giants are starting their OTAs. Phase three of the offseason program begins today. The Giants will be working Monday, Tuesday, uh, Thursday, and I believe Friday. Thursday is going to be an open media day. So later this week, I will be at the OTA reporting back to you on observations, what we hear, what we see, that sort of thing. So excited to bring you that later this week. On today's show, however, we're taking a look at the top five Giants players on offense. And my list, I think, is going to surprise a few of you, at least the order of the list. So I'm going to start with player number five, and I'm going to count down saving player number one. So that's on today's show. And speaking of today's show, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on today to get started. All right. Speaking of getting started, let's run down the secret list, which is not going to be secret for much longer. All right. This is a list of five giant players, top five giant players on offense, the guys that are most important. Now, a lot of you probably can guess who's on here, but it's the order that in which I rank them that I think you're going to find surprising. So let's kick it off. Number five, center John Michael Schmitz. All right. John Michael Schmitz is my fifth most important giant on offense. Now you're probably saying, but Pat, he's a rookie. He hasn't played a single down. Can you please pump the brakes on this kid until you see him in camp? Well, folks, let me tell you why John Michael Schmitz is on this list. And I have him at number five. Yes, it's true. He hasn't played a single snap yet in the NFL, but it is important that this young man stay on the field and start practicing and playing in snaps to develop chemistry with quarterback Daniel Jones, because let's face it, Daniel Jones has had a different starting center every single year that he has been in the league going back to 2019. And above all else, who's the backup if John Michael Schmitz isn't starting? Well, Joe Shane, the general manager, if you remember before the draft said that they had guys that could play center if they needed to. Ben Bredesen, Shane Lemieux, Jack Anderson. If anybody was buying that those guys were going to be the starting center moving forward, then I don't know what to tell you because I didn't think for a minute that that's what they were going to do. So that being said, you want John Michael Schmitz in there. You want him to get acclimated. You want him to get comfortable. And you want him to just become an anchor in the middle of that offensive line. Now, let me throw at you here some stats. These from Pro Football Focus. And this is in terms of pressures that have been allowed up the gut 
by opponents um, against Giants interior offensive linemen. In 2019, the starting center was John Halapio. He allowed 27 pressures for 97.7 pass blocking efficiency. In 2020, your starting center was Nick Gates, who gave up 16 pressures for an 80, I'm sorry, for a 98.6 pass blocking efficiency rating. Okay, not too bad, right? Gates got hurt the following year. So Billy Price took over and his, uh, he allowed 24 pressures for a 97.8 pass blocking efficiency rating. Last year, it was John Feliciano who allowed 25 pressures up the gut for a 97.6 pass blocking efficiency rating. Now, why do I mention all that? John Michael Schmitz, over five years at the University of Minnesota, allowed 21 pressures. Again, that's over five years, ladies and gentlemen, not over one season. He finished his career with a 98.8 pass blocking efficiency rating. That's better than the four centers that I just read off to you, the four veteran centers that started for the Giants. So you go back, you look at last year's film and the year before that, and pressure, folks, was coming up the gut at the quarterback. You want the quarterback to take the next step. You want him to develop. You want him to establish a comfort level with what he's doing. You got to plug that pressure up the gut. John Michael Schmitz has done it in college. There's no reason to think he won't be able to do it in the NFL. And speaking of John Michael Schmitz, if you missed my interview a couple weeks ago with Rob Kane, host of the Locked On Golden Gophers podcast, check it out. If you have any doubts whatsoever about why John Michael Schmitz belongs on this list, listen to what Kane had to say. And I think you'll agree that John Michael Schmitz definitely deserves a spot on this list of top five giants that are very important ahead of the upcoming season. All right. Sticking with the offensive line at number four, left tackle Andrew Thomas. The Giants lose Andrew Thomas for any stretch of period of time. Let me ask you something. Who's the backup? Who's going to step in there for him? Okay, now, Andrew Thomas, if he has to miss time, the backups currently include Corey Cunningham, Matt Paert, and Tyree Phillips. Phillips would probably be the leading contender to step in for Andrew Thomas if he were to miss time. So I looked at what uh, Phillips did last year. Now, Phillips played most of his snaps at right tackle when Evan Neal was sidelined. And um, Phillips allowed 16 pressures in 199 pass blocking snaps. Andrew Thomas allowed 23 pressures in... 700 pass blocking snaps last year. So a little cleaner game, heck a lot cleaner game from Andrew Thomas. Now, again, Thomas has improved each and every year that he's been in the league. Last year, I felt he should have been a pro bowler and he was not voted a pro bowler, probably because if I had to take a guess, he had that one game against Dallas on Thanksgiving where he was sick and he didn't really, you know, perform as, as sharply as he normally did. But nonetheless, Andrew Thomas is a lockdown left left tackle. 
And those don't grow on trees, ladies and gentlemen. Now, is it true that uh, Andrew Thomas is sometimes susceptible to power? Yes, it is true. But you go back, you look at the film on Andrew Thomas. And last year, there was very few things that he wasn't ready for that opponents threw at him. This is also a guy, by the way, very impressively, I might add, doesn't draw very many penalties. He's had uh, a total of 10 over the last two years, right? So Andrew Thomas plays a clean game. His technique is sharp and he gets the job done. And again, the Giants are going to have a competition for the swing tackle behind Thomas and start the uh, right tackle starter, Evan Neal. We don't know who that swing tackle is going to be. I would think Tyree Phillips, again, is going to be the, the incumbent, but that's not set in stone. And all I know is from the candidates that are, that are listed on the depth chart or the unofficial depth chart, there's a significant drop-off in talent between Andrew Thomas and the potential backup. So Thomas, another player the Giants can ill afford to be without this season for any number of games, any number. All right, coming up next, who's number three and who's number two on my list? This order might surprise you. So stick around. We'll be right back. Hey, Giant fans, during the NBA playoffs, make a fast break to FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if their first bet does not win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and sign up today to claim your no sweat first bet. Get in on all the action of the sports world with great promotions, a safe and secure app to do your betting and a quick payout. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, Giant fans, welcome back to the Locked On Giants podcast. You got Patricia Trainer, your host. Happy to have you with us. And uh, before we get into continuing our my list of the top five Giants on offense that are just absolutely indispensable, that this team can really not afford to be without at any point during the season for any number of games. Just a quick uh, note on what we've got coming up on the Lockdown Giants podcast. Ed Valentine, a big blue view, will be joining me this week for a show. Um, part two of this, this, uh, segment that I'm doing, which is uh, top five New York giants. I'm going to do top five New York giants on defense. So I'm going to put my list together and give you that list, um, on a show coming up this week. I mentioned at the top of the show that the giants have OTAs starting. So, uh, on Thursday, there is media access and, uh, I will have a show for you after the OTA, um, as of this recording, I don't have the schedule just yet. So I don't know if I'm going to get the show done that day or if it's going to be the next day. But uh, either way, you'll have a show with with observations and what was said, takeaways and all that stuff. So that's coming up. So, yeah, we're just going to keep cranking them right along, rolling right along here on the Lockdown Giants podcast, bringing you all the content that uh, you have come to expect from me. So Thank you again for tuning in, making us your first listen of the day, or if watching on YouTube, your first watch of the day. Let's get back to the list of top five New York Giants players on offense that this team absolutely cannot be without. All right, I'm going to do numbers three and number two. And this order 
might surprise a few of you. My third most indispensable giant is running back Saquon Barkley. Mm. Okay. Why, you might ask. All right, let's look at what Saquon brings to the table, which beyond obviously the the versatility he brings. I mentioned uh, in an article over on Giants Country, last year, Saquon Barkley accounted for 29% of the Giants' offensive yards. He has improved in pass protection, which was a glaring weakness for him earlier in his career. Um, His pass blocking efficiency rating was a 95.4 last year, as opposed to a 92.4 in his rookie season back in 2018. So still, you know, not quite what you want it to be, but a big, a noticeable improvement, improvement to say uh, the least. Um, Barkley has, let me see here, uh, his breakaway speed, all right? 532 breakaway yards last year. Best on the New York Giants amongst running backs, all right? And, and also by the way, led the league, which means Barkley, once he got out in that second level and uh, he had blocking in front of him or daylight, boom, he was off like he was shot out of a cannon um, and, and hit that 532 yards, by the way, just t- topped uh, Nick Chubb, who um, is, is interestingly has kind of fallen into that group with Barkley as far as potential contract payments and whatnot. You give Saquon Barkley better run blocking than what he had last year at times and watch his numbers soar. All right. Now, why then do I have him at number three and not higher in this list? His yards per contact average has dipped from 3.34 as a rookie uh, to 2.75 last year. Now, with because of that, um, I believe that's because of the bumps and bruises and injuries and the wear and tear that Barkley has had over the course of his short career, which is why I would not be surprised if the Giants go to a committee approach this year. You know, whether that be with Matt Breida as the number two guy, whether that be with rookie Eric Gray as the number two guy, I would not be surprised if Saquon Barkley the number of touches he gets, the number of snaps he gets, gets reduced if just a little bit. And the, that's a good thing, folks. Why is it a good thing? Because look, if the Giants somehow managed to work out a contract, a long-term contract with Barkley, you better find a way to preserve him. You cannot keep running him into the ground like maybe they were doing earlier on in his rookie season. Now, Barkley will sit there and probably tell you, oh, it doesn't matter. You know, you can run me. You know, 50 times a game, you can run me five times a game. It doesn't matter. Uh, Yeah, it does. Because that's pounding that the guy's going to take. He is too important to this offense to keep putting out there and having him take pounding. It doesn't mean that you can't put him out there as a decoy. But if you have a a suitable answer who could maybe take some of those tougher snaps, you know, whether it be the short yardage snaps the goal line snaps, you know, the snaps that are going to require a little bit more pounding up the gut, take them away and give them to somebody else. 
That way you preserve Barkley because he's that important to the offense. He's someone you want to have for the 17-game stretch and hopefully the playoffs, if there are playoffs after that. So that's one of the reasons why I have Barkley as, as my third most important player. I think his his um, contributions will be there, but I can easily see the snap count and the touches maybe dropping a little bit, again, to preserve him for the uh, what will hopefully be a long stretch of games. All right, number two on the list. Anybody want to guess before I reveal who number two is? This might surprise you. It's not who you think. It's not who you think, folks. Give up. Okay, I'm going to tell you. Quarterback Daniel Jones is number two on my list. I bet you all thought he was going to be number one, right? Nope, I have somebody else's number one on my list. And by now, you probably have guessed who that is now that I revealed who number two is. But let me explain why Daniel Jones is number two on my list. The depth behind Daniel Jones. Uh, Right now, the Giants just have Tyrod Taylor as proven depth. If, God forbid, Daniel Jones goes back to missing games because of injury, it's Tyrod Taylor and who's after him? Tommy DeVito, who has never played in the NFL, maybe a still-to-be-determined veteran whom the Giants might end up signing. That situation can get scary in a hurry. Now, again, we want to hope that Daniel Jones doesn't have to deal with injuries. That would be nice if he didn't. But, you know, we've got to see and and be convinced that last year wasn't an exception uh, rather than the rule. So that's important. But let's take a look at some other reasons why Daniel Jones belongs on this list. He led the league, according to Pro Football Focus, in adjusted completion percentage. All right. So his he finished with an 80.1% um, completion, adjusted completion percentage, which was tops amongst 22 quarterbacks who attempted at least 50% of their team's dropbacks. Jones was also fourth amongst quarterbacks in rushing yards. With uh, he finished with an 805 between regular season and the uh, postseason. Now, moving forward, I strongly suspect Daniel Jones will not be asked to run as much as he did last year, because much like as was the case with Saquon Barkley, you don't want to run this guy into the ground. You don't want him taking a pounding. You don't want him taking hits unnecessarily. You want to preserve him and make sure he gets to the finish line, whether that's week 18 of the season or if that's at some point during the postseason. So I would not be surprised if Daniel Jones runs uh, has fewer design runs this coming year. Also, as I mentioned, you know, if he goes down, Tyrod Taylor, you know, Capable backup, but there's a reason why you have starters and a reason why you have backups. So I'm not so sure I want to see how the offense might change if they have to move off of Daniel Jones for any injury-related reason. So Daniel's very important. Whether you like him or not, whether you agree that he got the contract that he got or you don't, he's here. 
He's not going anywhere for two years. He's that important to this offense. I think most of us, if not all of us, can agree that Daniel Jones is an integral part of this offense, maybe a little bit more so than Saquon, because at least at running back now, they have a little, you know some additional depth that if Saquon has to miss some time, is it the end of the world? Probably not. I mean, don't get me wrong. You don't want him to have to miss time. But if Daniel has to miss time, that would make me a little nervous, I think, um, if, if that came to fruition. So, all right. Who's number one on my list? Stick around. I'll tell you right after this. Hey, Giant fans, if you're looking for another way to keep up with all things New York Giants, then you got to check out the Locked on Giants podcast's new tech service. I'm really excited about this service because it allows me to communicate directly with listeners of the podcast with content that it's reserved exclusively for subscribers. And the best part for me is that not only will subscribers be able to text me back, they'll also be able to partake in some special subscriber-only features that I have planned for the coming months. This service is available for $4.99 per month, but you can try it out for free for 14 days. If you don't like it, cancel before your trial period ends and owe nothing. And for a limited time only, if you sign up using the special promo code PTRAIN, You'll get your first two months for the price of one after your free trial ends. To take advantage of this special offer, click on the link provided in the show notes. Thank you for your support of the Locked on Giants podcast. All right, Giant fans, welcome back to the Locked on Giants podcast. I'm your host, Patricia Trana. We're starting off the week of OTAs. That's right. The month of May is flying by. The Giants are entering phase three of the off-season program, which means OTAs, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday, I believe. Thursday is media access, and uh, we're creeping to the end of, uh, of uh, spring football. You know, the pretty soon before we know it, in about a month or so, actually a little less than a month, the mandatory minicamp, and then everybody just goes off on their six-week break. So... In the meantime, we are still daily here, Monday through Friday, on the Locked on Giants podcast, free and available wherever you get your podcasts. So thank you for tuning in and uh, listening to us or watching us. We are counting down the top five New York Giants on offense. And to recap my top five in reverse order, number five, I had center John Michael Schmitz. Number four, left tackle Andrew Thomas. Number three, running back Saquon Barkley. Number two, quarterback Daniel Jones. All right, that means we are up to number one. So who is it? What skill position player did I pick? Or did I pick an offensive lineman? Mm. Well, it wasn't an offensive lineman, folks. I can tell you that right now. It was a skill position player. Was it a receiver or was it a tight end? What do you think? Mm. Folks. I went with tight end Darren Waller as my number one that the Giants just absolutely cannot afford to be without. Why Darren Waller? Okay. Waller is, when healthy, let's put that asterisk in there. When healthy, Waller is what the Giants envisioned Evan Ingram becoming all those years ago when they drafted him. Waller um, is a guy who has had more success, more so in shorter 
average target uh, depth, but he's also a guy who can pick up the yards after the catch, which is what makes him such a, a deceiving type of threat. All right. Um, according to Sports Information Solutions, I'm sorry, Warren Sharp, Sharp Football uh, Analytics, um, what, nearly one third of uh, Waller's past targets um, when he last played close to a full season came at 20 or more yards down the field, which means Waller is very good at that short to intermediate passing game that the Giants seem to like to run. Get the ball in his hands and let him do the rest. 45.4% of his receiving yards came after the catch. That, um, again, and I believe it was 2021, his last relatively full season. Um, Contested catches. Waller is good on 55.2%. You know, he's that big body tight end, not afraid to go up for the jump ball and has been successful on 55.2% of his contested catch opportunities. All told, he has a a receiver rating of 103.5, which is pretty good. And I mentioned the yards after the catch. Waller had um, 278 yards after the catch. I think it was in 2020. Yeah, in 2021, 278 yards after the catch in just 12 games, which would have led all the Giants receivers that season. All right. So 12 games, Waller outdid each of the Giants uh, receivers on the roster that year. Now, the other reason why I think Waller is worthy of being listed as number one is just simply what he is capable of doing. You look around the league and everybody wants to go get the next Travis Kelsey, you know, a big guy who can draw in extra defenders and open things up for receivers on the outside. Same situation here with Waller. The hope is that, you know, he can go out, draw, you know, attention over the middle um, and free up the receivers on the, you know, outside the numbers or on the, uh, you know, on the sides there to catch balls. So in a nutshell, it's been a while since the Giants have had a receiver or a tight end for that matter that has caused opposing defensive coordinators headache and sleepless nights. Darren Waller can be that guy. I know we haven't seen him yet as of this recording, how he's going to be deployed in this offense. Um, We don't know how he is health wise. The assumption is, is he's going to be fine and ready to go with no limitations. But that being said, this is a guy from whom a lot is being expected. A guy who has the talent to help break open this offense and take it to the next level. And at the end of the day, that's what you want because for as, you know, creative as offensive coordinator Mike Kafka was last year with scheming open the Giants, quote unquote, no name receivers. And I use that term very reluctantly because, you know, those guys worked their tails off, but still they weren't household names. Can you just imagine what Kafka is going to be able to do with a receiver of Waller's category? I mean, the possibilities are endless. And if you're looking for explosive plays, potentially explosive plays, and Waller proves himself, you know, drawing um, double teams, you know, from defenses, 
that's going to open up a whole lot of goodies for the speedsters on the outside. You know, the Jalen Hyatt's, the Paris Campbell's, you know, when he gets back healthy, the Wandale Robinson's, the Darius Slayton's. It's going to be fun to watch. And I think it all starts in terms of that receiving game with Darren Waller. So that's my list, ladies and gentlemen, top five giants who are so valuable to this team uh, in 2023 that if God forbid any of these guys miss any kind of time whatsoever, it could be uh, potentially catastrophic. It could potentially change the complexion of what this team can and can't do. So let's hope that the injury bug that, you know, stays away, that they finally, the coaching staff and the trainers and, and sports science people finally figured out a way to minimize the injury bug. And uh, so that we don't have to worry about that. We don't have to worry about guys having bumps and bruises because otherwise potentially it could get ugly. So, all right, folks, that is going to do it for us here on the Lockdown Giants podcast. Again, thank you for tuning in, making us your first listen of the day or watching on YouTube, your first watch of the day. Special shout out to my everydayers, to my new people and everybody in between. You're all important to me. And, um, you know, I try to answer as many um, messages as I can. It's not always possible to get to everybody, but know that I, I do at least, you know, put my eyes on them. So, uh, and I appreciate them. So, all right, folks, tomorrow we're going to have uh, Ed Valentine on the show. And then on Wednesday, I'm going to give you my top five defensive players, a list that I think also will surprise you a little bit based on how I have it ordered. So make sure you tune in all week long to the Lock on Giants podcast. We will see you tomorrow, Giant fans.